It's currently 1.40 in the morning as I finish editing this episode up for you guys. Uh, I want to apologize for all six people out there um, waiting patiently, I suppose, for the next episode to come out. My mixer decided to crap the bed. Uh, there was, I don't know why, I thought it might have been a wire issue, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I think it's the mixer unit itself. So a few minutes in, you're going to start hearing uh, a type of buzzing like I'm using some type of vibrator on myself or on Jonathan or maybe even Chris if they made that type of technology but that's not the case sadly it's going to also sound like we're talking out of a tunnel all of a sudden I I fucked around with audacity for a bit and was able to do some noise reduction and amplify certain parts of it and uh I'm not too happy about this this is my biggest fear of doing this podcast Sound quality is something I really spend a lot of time with, as well as editing out dumb shit, like your hums and ahs. And I try to get as many basically as ahs as I can, but uh, <laughs> I apologize. We, uh, to put it around the curtain, uh, sorry, I've also been drinking, to uh, and have a peek around the curtain, we tend to record multiple episodes at once due to our time, so... The next episode is also going to have some buzzing, which is Gambit and the Externals, but I think I'll have a little bit more time to, now that I know what I'm doing, I should be able to edit it a little bit better. But again, I apologize for the quality, and I hope you guys still stick around after these uh, next two episodes, uh, as we will definitely be buying a new mixer. Thank you. And uh, enjoy Weapon X, I suppose. Weapon X also means Weapon 10. 10 is the maximum number that we rate these books, and I'm going to tell you something right now. I am not rating this anywhere close to 10. You're listening to The Run. This is the dawning of the Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. On the Hi, hello. How you doing? This is The Run, a comic book podcast about runs, be it characters, creators, or sagas. With me, as always, fucking around on his phone again, <laughs> Jonathan Kovacs. What are you looking at? Dr. Dr. Mario. <laughs> God damn it. God damn. I just sent Chris a friend request, so you know. <sighs> All right. And, as always, Christopher Boyce, how are you, sir? I'm good. I just got that friend request, so... Good. So All you're right. both just going to be fucking around with Dr. Mario while I'm talking about it? Uh, not right now, comic. but at least now I have somebody to play verses with that I know. Hmm. Yeah. He'll well, probably kick my ass, but judging by how <laughs> far along he is, I'm pretty still... My fingers are either too big or I'm too slow to do it sometimes, I swear, man. It's it's tough. Yeah. We all have our addictions, I suppose. I'm, I, I finally found one. That's all I'm saying. I'm currently addicted to Apex Legends again and Dead by Daylight, so... Oh. I don't have time They're not to play. phone games. I don't have time to play actual video games. Oh, look at this cool dude. Chris, do you play Apex? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Mm, yeah, you're, t- you're too cool as I well. Was a d- well. I should probably get back into it, but I was playing... <laughs> with myself. <laughs> no, the... Uh, what's that tempo game with... The, they Jacking brought, off? No, they just brought out with the Legend of Zelda characters in it. Oh, Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's pretty good. I still have to beat it. I'm, I'm, on, I'm at Ganon, but I haven't 
he's actually out of the bosses. I'm like, oh, I don't know what his pattern is. It was actually yeah. kind of tough, but I've watched some video. It looks pretty it. cool. I don't own a Switch though, so it's worth it. Yeah, I'm a poor guy. I only got my stupid Xbox. I don't know I, anymore. I don't, all I touch is my Switch, not my PS4. Yeah, Chris, you play Dead by Daylight by any chance? Uh. Uh-uh. I think you would really like that. Do you know what that is? Yes, it does look really cool. Um, no, I got so many free games from PlayStation Network I need to catch up on, and I don't want to buy games at full price anymore, so I'll be picking up Spider-Man finally, soonish here. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to come out on a Game of the Year edition once they release all the uh, I think it already has. DLCs, did it? I think so. I don't. I, like I said, I have an Xbox. You can get the Game of the Year edition on PlayStation Network, but I don't know if they have a physical copy yet out. Uh, see, I don't, I'm not... I'm not He's hip. not a digital boy. Yeah, I'm not hip on downloading stuff. I don't really care about that. He's not lazy like right. us where we like to just sit on the couch and not have to swap discs because we're that fucking dumb. I just got into Xbox Game Pass, which is essentially Netflix. It's it's a, over a year old, but it's, it's Netflix for Xbox, so it has yeah. like over 100 different games. And any first party, which is far and few between Xbox title, it comes out automatically day one. So oh, yeah. I think it's worth it now. It's finally worth something. But yeah, Dead by Daylight's on there. It's like, uh, you ever play Left 4 Dead? Yes. It's like that, only it's four versus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it before. And it used to have serial killers, like the one the one guy is the serial killer trying to kill the kids. And used to have like adjacent type monsters, but then they actually got licensed characters like Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and Leatherface. It's, it's quite something and I would recommend it. But this isn't a video game podcast. There's too many of those. There's also too many comic book podcasts, but we don't give a fuck. This one's Weapon X. The Adventures of Wolverine, the worst character so far that I've read in this story. You really didn't like it that much. I I know we usually do the raise at the end, but I fucking hated this book. Like I said, this replaced the Wolverine title. And this is The Adventures of Wolverine and Jean Grey to a degree. She kind of fucks off halfway through this book. And Captain Marvel, or Miss Marvel, Warbird, what does Car- she call Carol at this Dan- point? Dan- yeah, Carol, Carol Dan- Danvers. That's all she's called. Yeah, she had some history with the X-Men in the early 90s. I think she was called Warbird at this point, but yeah, the I think she's just Carol Danvers here though. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying the that character is oh, Captain okay. Marvel. This book starts out right out the gate confusing the fuck out of me because I had to reread X-Men Alpha in order to understand what was going on. Uh, were you guys were you guys confused at all? Yes. When you read the first issue, did you know what the mission was? No. I thought they said right off the first panel that they're delaying, waiting for the uh, council to make their decision. What's the decision? What did the council tell them to do? All it says is that they're storming some... I, I mean, I know what they did because I, I went and reread some stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess you're right. Like, uh, they're just attacking Apocalypse's sea base or ocean base while base. they're making a decision. Yeah. yeah, while they're making a decision with a sentinel and then a bunch of other sentinels just show up. And apparently we forgot, or at least I did, Mr. Sinister gave them some information. To give to the human council. Yes, to give to the human council. Because Mr. Sinister, while a bad guy, realizes that Apocalypse is going to fuck everything up and he doesn't want to live that way. So they create a hole in this wall so these sentinels can come in and rescue a bunch of humans that are still in North America. Yeah. Because the human high council is over in Europe. The entire plan of this book is for the human high council to do a preemptive strike on America to nuke Apocalypse's land, essentially. All of America, yeah. Pretty heady stuff out the gate, but... It just descends into fucking madness right now. I'm going to say that I like Larry Hama on G.I. Joe and nothing but G.I. Joe. What did you guys think of his writing of Wolverine? See, I don't think it's as bad as you say. I mean, I don't think it's like a nine. I think it's more of a seven personally. But, you know, there's a lot of jumping around on this one. But this is where it starts. This title starts to cross-reference other books. 
Yeah. Because the... Amazing X-Men is referenced a lot. Yeah. The great Exodus shows up in Amazing X-Men where all these Sentinels, like, they finally get the humans onto these Sentinels and the cargo crates that they're carrying, basically, to get them out, out of America. I don't know. I liked it as a, as a whole, as the story is... Wolverine and Gene went to, or Weapon X and Gene went to the Human High Council with this information. You know, the first off, first story is them destroying or, or trying to, yeah, I guess they're destroying the Eastern Sea whatever base so that these Sentinels can make it through and not be destroyed by the guns. And then the second one is basically Gene being all like, I don't, you know, we didn't sign on for this. Like, they didn't know what the Human High Council was planning, you know, once they got the information. So Gene's like helping the human survivors. And then it's mostly dealing with that a little bit. And then Gene leaves. And then Wolverine trying to get Gateway to assist with this bombing. Who is Gateway? Gateway? Uh, he's a mutant from the regular continuity. Yes, but for the listener. Gateway has the ability to spin this special rock over his head, and he creates teleportation gateways. Teleportation yeah. he, can, gateways. he can teleport dudes by spinning a rock over his head. And he's an aborigine. Yes, and he's an aborigine. Yeah. And then that's just the fallout of like, them deciding to send the nukes over to America. Doesn't that sound boring, though? Like, when you were just retelling that, doesn't that just... That's not a Wolverine story. It's not a Wolverine it's, story. I guess it's a not, a not a standard Wolverine story, but I thought it was an interesting one, because eventually, like I said, Wolverine goes... He's on. He likes the idea. He's all about it. Well, yeah, I mean, you can make your character like it, but that's not... That's like putting Spider-Man into the negative zone. Yes, he's done it before, but those aren't Spider-Man, or not Spider-Man, let's say Luke Cage. We'll put Luke Cage or Daredevil into the negative zone. Like, they're out of their element. Like, Wolverine is all about fucking people up and stabbing people, not the, the, the horrors of nuclear war and fallout from those type of ideas and stuff like that. It's too grand, I would say, for a character like him. Like, we just want to see Wolverine stab things. Well, we do. Yeah, we do, but... He's just interjecting... But yeah, it, it, I guess you're right that the overlying plot of what he's assisting is too grand of a scheme for him, but the whole time he's still doing his mission of assisting the Human High Council, whether it's... Like, the second issue, I think, is the weakest one, because it, it doesn't really do too much, other than Gene leaving, because she doesn't want to deal with uh, being part of this nuclear bombardment. But other than that, you know, Wolverine's trying to get Gateway to help out, and he fights a bunch of cyborgs, and... The whole time, he's basically the Human High Council's weapon to assist them because the whole time they're being attacked by uh, Donald Pierce and basically the Reavers and trying to prevent them from um, nuking America. Um, I mean, I don't think it was horrible. I think the, the, the faults of this story really come down to the publishing. Um, I think trying to tie it in with the overall age of the story was a bad idea. Um, I would have liked to have seen just like Weapon X as their life has been to establish their characters in the age of apocalypse continuity. Uh -huh. um, that being said, the big saving course was the art because it was uh, Andy Kubert. Yeah, the team for this was Andy Kubert and Larry Hama, as I mentioned before. Yeah, but he had to have help in the first couple of issues, too. He only did breakdowns or something, which was kind of disappointing, but I guess he was just being overworked at that point. But you could, you could tell, like, I mean, it even says in the credits, but you could tell that it's a big jump in quality between issues one and like the latter half of two and onwards. Yeah. I also think Wolverine sucks. Sucks. And I'm sorry, this isn't Wolverine. This is Weapon X because there was a Wolverine that we've already covered before. He acts like an incel still saying darling 
constantly to Gene. And I was put on you a- can't you can't bring those toll bags into this because this was written in the '90s, and that's way before those jackalopes showed up and were all pissy and moany and oh no, they existed. They beat their the hand beat their. The beat themselves with exist. hammers and stuff. Like I would, I would not be surprised if Wolverine went into a closet, put on a fedora, and started saying "Milady." Like that's how much he was acting around Gene. He even says dumb shit like "Malarkey." That's a load of malarkey. And you yeah, but know this it. is uh, yeah, yeah, but malarkey. You're, but you're talking again. This is still during the comics code of these dumb nineties. I, I get that, but you could you could easily say something like "bull." That's a bunch of bull. Or you can even put the asterisks in there or something like that. I don't know. I, I, the I, fact I, that you have a stone-cold killer going across this wasteland trying to survive, and he's acting like a shining white knight, and he's saying dumb stuff like gosh and malarkey is just... I'm not saying it's not stupid, but I'm going to blame it, the Comics Code for being ridiculous at the time. Yes, the Comics Code was ridiculous. Because I don't even know how, how often, how many books besides like Lobo would, I mean, they usually did swear, but how many books besides them would uh, do the asterisk stuff? A lot of them did. Yeah. That's what know. I'm saying. Like, I don't know why they didn't do like, I the, feel like the, the, the I feel like the problem is the X-Men books were too popular to do that. Yeah, but Other than like Deadpool doing it because he's the bad guy, you're not going to have the good guy swearing. Well, yeah, that's but the, the problem. Guys I mean, running around murdering and chopping people's heads. Well, off. that's different. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be different, but it technically it is. Yeah, but it's get a thesaurus, find better words. I I'm mean, not. I'm not saying that's not the problem, yeah. but like he could have easily just said "bull." That's bull. Like I would have been fine with that. He says "knucklehead." I forgot that they did that for a while. The old knucklehead. Yeah, just Wolverine calling himself the knucklehead. It reminded me. It made me go read. Uh, Chris knows this one. It's uh, a Punisher 2, two-issue arc uh, during his Marvel Knights run where the Punisher was fighting Wolverine. Oh, yeah, when he got steamrolled. Yeah, he ran him over the steamroll and like blew his face off with yeah. a shotgun. And, he, and Garth uh, Ennis uh, just played up that whole dumb late 80s, early 90s Wolverine of saying knucklehead and other shit like that. So, yeah. Chris, anything else you want to say about this book? Yeah, you got this panel... Wolverine's on fire, jumping down. He's all burnt up, and it's such a good-looking piece of work. <laughs> and you get those like little panels of just brilliance. Um, they it kind of saves the entire book. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, it doesn't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the, the action <laughs> scenes are cool. When he fights, every time he gets in a fight with Donald Pierce, who's trying to kill him and uh, stopping Human High Council, he. Uh, those fights are cool. The, the the final fight where Wolverine reveals that he still has his claws in his arm that's been cut off by Cyclops, which I don't understand. Do we ever find out why he can't regrow that hand? I don't know if he just never gave a chance because maybe he Is didn't that him think. Him being mopey. Well, no, I don't think we ever find out. Like it's it's because he probably could have grown it back, but I don't know if like how you know how they like super upped his healing factor in the regular continuity. We don't yeah. know. Like, oh, his hand got blasted off, and he just immediately put the thing on it and basically, like, halted it, and I don't know. Like, maybe, I I don't know. Like, they just never brought it up, and I don't know. It just never became a a thing. Yeah, that's that's one thing they keep mentioning throughout this book, is that Cyclops blasted off Wolverine's hand, and he's missing his left hand. When he is in the final fight with Donald Pierce, he pops his claw in his stump hand because he was saying that his claws were retracted into his forearm when Cyclops cut it off, which is... I don't know, it was a kind of cool image, but it's still the whole Wolverine can regrow anything, why can't he regenerate his hand? I think it was just a 90s aesthetic. I think it was too. It was just that they didn't think about it, but they gave him the stump just to give him the stump. And 
Again, it's the extreme Age of Apocalypse. So it was just a look. Yeah. Um, and nothing er- actually happens at the end. Like, it's just like, tune into X-Men Omega to find out what happens. Well, basically, because they're going through the gateway, because they're basically going to nuke America, though. Yeah, like, they, they send the nukes through, but you don't get any closure. Unlike Generation Next, we actually got an ending there that's set up for the finale. This one, just keep reading. There's no... See, I was thinking that what they should actually do, instead of the ships going through, why wouldn't they just have gateway open gateways and just send the bombs through the gateways? Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Why, why I just is, realized why are they that. flying over there? Yeah, I don't know. Like, Gateway can just send the bombs from Europe. Yeah, that's what I would have done, honestly. But uh, the one thing I kind of wish, like, I do like that the reveal with the stump, but when I was rereading it a couple times, I liked whenever Pierce was like, oh, what are you going to do, stump me to death? Because Wolverine was complaining, because at the point in issue three, Carol had sacrificed herself to, like, blow up Pierce, but it turned out that he had enough of his cyborg parts, and there's all enough parts there that he basically, like, reanimated her as a cyborg. Yes. And so she was basically helping him, and she shot Wolverine in the arm. His arm was badly damaged enough then that he couldn't actually use it to fight Pierce. So he's, like, running after him, and he's like, what are you going to do, stump me to death? And that's whenever, yeah, he pops his claws. And the thing that doesn't make any sense to me, though, about it is that he just stabs him in the chest, and, like, that's how he stops him. Is it that his, like, he's a cyborg. Like, I would think that is his heart actually, like, where... The stuff is like I would have been. Co- it was oh shit! I have six pages left. I need to finish. Yeah, this. And it, but the thing is, though, what I think would have been cooler looking at it is that it was almost like Pierce. Because then again, Pierce was about to kill Gateway, so they had to do it quick. But it would have been cooler if like Pierce had like Wolverine on the ground over top of him, and Wolverine like hit him in the throat or something, or did something where he like hit him with the stump, and Pierce just like laughed at him. But then Wolverine popped the claws when it was like right close to him and did some like major damage and like severed his head from his body or something i i it was a cool effect it could have been a lot cooler i think but then again they were just also just going off the cover which is the same thing i didn't have a time to well i guess i did have time i just kind of forgot to but donald pierce that's like a previous character right because that name is super familiar yeah he he's was logan was he the white knight from hellfire club yeah he was in the hellfire club he's he's the cyborg that's in the hellfire club during the dark phoenix saga Okay, okay, that's yeah. it. I mean, he's he's he a also big anti-mutant, which is funny because half the Hellfire Club's all mutants, but he's a big anti-mutant cyborg guy, basically. He showed back up later. He's one of the ones, if that one issue of Uncanny X-Men, whenever they were in Australia, and he crucified Wolverine with the Reavers and Lady Deathstrike. He, he floats, he's always around, big cyborg character, but he's never been, a, he was never as goofy-looking cyborg-y as he is here right now. Yeah. I think that's part of Hubert's heart. Well, that too. But, you know, also with the Age of Apocalypse and the extreme look stuff, so. I'm trying to be positive about this, but, like, it really was... You just don't like the big grandioso story and that Wolverine's in on it. And that he he should be fighting people constantly. And like I said, he talks like a fucking idiot. I feel like they should have focused... Like I said, it should have been a scaled-back, smaller, more intimate-focused story with Weapon X, as opposed to... This is an X-Men story, but we're just focusing on Wolverine. Yeah. Have him and Jean Grey do some type of adventure, maybe a covert op or something like that. Like, you can go to a nuclear facility, maybe, but they're adding this human high council and all these giant warships and this big sentinel force to attack Apocalypse. And you could have done something similar to that one X-Men Chronicles book where the horsemen infiltrated this army base. You could have had something similar to that because... Jean Grey was also supposed to be in this book, but she, like I said, she just flies away because she doesn't want 
She wants to warn people. She doesn't want to nuke America. Yeah, she doesn't want to nuke America, so she's off to warn Apocalypse or something. Well, like the that. first issue was pretty good in that effect, though, because they attacked that eastern seaboard base, and then you get Havoc showing up, and yes. Gene, Gene and him going toe-to-toe for a little bit. Yeah, that was... I forgot about... I forgot to mention that. Um, that might have been my favorite part of the book. It starts off strong where these two are just attacking his base, and then they bring in another A-list character. Kind of help establish this is the first issue. It helps establish this universe. Okay, Havoc's in this, but he's a bad guy, and he's working for Apocalypse. Cool. And then he kind of gets his shit pushed in. But. Yeah, I like how he gets sent to the teleporter, and then the Sentinel shoots his hands off, grabs Havoc, and puts him in the teleporter. But then because he's holding, the, the mechanical hand is holding Havoc in the teleporter. <laughs> when he rematerializes, I guess they're fused together of some yeah, sort. Yeah, something like out of the fly. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Because they do, but that does get referenced later on in Factor X. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's about it. Do we, Iriasis I, I wants this. we have anything else we want to try and salvage it off this book or I'll salvage it. No, but... All right, nah. Um, yeah, this is one of those books where in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to imagine that I didn't need to read anything aside from there's going to be a nuclear attack. Unfortunately, yeah, but I still think you're... I don't know. I think the art saves this one out of all of it. To a degree, yeah, but, I mean, even then, it's a lot of Wolverine standing around and talking. Yeah. Yeah. That was my dog clucking like a chicken. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we going to what are we gonna rate this? Uh, seven. Jonathan, seven. I'm going to go with a four. Four. Okay. Um, no secret here. I gave it a two. Woohoo! Yeah, I this I really hated this book. It was a chore to go through. All the things I mentioned before, the fact that I had to reread other books to understand what was going on, and at the end result is there's nukes coming, and that's it. Wolverine really didn't do anything besides get lit on fire. Well, like I said, this is the start of whenever you start getting some of the... Unfortunately, this one's still a little self-contained, but this is where it starts that other books bleed into other ones. Um, then Gambit and the Externals is one of the only other ones that doesn't reference the other books as much, and that'll be the last of them. Other ones, you, you bop around here and there, and you have characters jumping in and out of each other's titles after this. Well, hopefully with what we've read so far, maybe it won't be as confusing, but still on its own merits, it might not be as good. MVP, WVP. Jonathan. Can come back to me. I didn't think about it. <laughs> MVP, WVP. Chris. Uh, I think I'm going to give them both to the same person, and that's Weapon X. Because, <laughs> 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 like, it's fucking Wolverine. Like, everybody loves Wolverine, and there's, like, some shining parts, because there's, like, not enough shit going on to, like, really make anyone else kind of stand out, so you're sort of, like, forced to follow Wolverine's story and whatnot. Um, so, like, yeah, there was, like, some kind of cool moments, uh, you know, being lit on fire and the fight scenes and the claw popping out of the stump. But then all the other shit that you mentioned with his hokey dialogue and his fucking terrible attitude and everything. And not, like, not terrible attitude, uh, just his terrible around. white nightiness. Yeah. Yeah. Standing around doing nothing, being an incel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention that Brian Braddock is on the Human Council. 
Captain Britain, and they don't really do anything beside it. He's actually a traitor, spoilers. He's Well, yeah, and he's, he's Braddock Industries. They're the ones that make the Sentinels. Yeah, and he's just going to cut a deal with Apocalypse. But then that, that whole heel turn goes away in, like, two pages. Well, they were finishing up the titles because yeah. they had to get back to regular like, continuity. Oh, I was a traitor, but I'm sorry I had to do this the end. Well, again, the problem is that they, the limited time they had to write these stories and stuff, some of it, you know. You could have took out all that Captain Carol Danvers stuff and where he goes to Wondagore or whatever, the old X-Men thing, while looking for Gene or whatever. But no, he went there looking for Gateway. Or, yeah, looking for Gateway. Gene was already gone. You could have, you could have tidied that up, I'm sorry. Maybe, but then, I mean, at what point would you have the reveal that he's a traitor a lot sooner in issue Don't four? Don't make him a traitor. It could have, if you took that part out of the book, it wouldn't have mattered. I guess you're right. Like Donald Pierce could just say, I'm a super good robot that can find you. That's all. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought making not Captain Britain, having, not having Captain Britain in it as one of the, like, big Excalibur characters and just himself was kind of stupid, but... Having him as a traitor as well for no reason was also dumb. So my knowledge of Excalibur and Captain Britain is pretty limited to X-Men and Avengers tie-ins. Does like he have his like alternate reality shit going on at this point? Yes, that's always been going on. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was like a staple to the character or yes, not. It is, yeah. Part of the Captain Britain core. Um, yeah. Uh, Jonathan, MVP, WP. Uh, MVP is the Sentinel from the first issue. <laughs> WVP is Jean Grey, because she's supposed to be Wolverine's like right-hand woman. And First issue, she's great. Second issue, I'm fine with her helping people, but then she runs off, and I hate that she goes and just turns into the Cyclops Jean Grey trope. And yeah. I hate that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm fine with it from the regular continuity. I was great that they did it. They changed it here. I'm pissed that they brought it back in regular books after all this time like it's just like I'm sick and tired of their relationship type of stuff like they can grow like have they have that character grow beyond those two my MVP was Donald Pierce I do like the way he was drawn I like the idea of non mutants working for Apocalypse I did like the tenacity of him just becoming more and more monstrous I thought he'd be a good foil for Wolverine if I mean he was alright and it was, I don't know, like I said, there was too much global nonsense, and if it was just Donald Pierce hunting him down constantly on a smaller scale, I think it would have been better, but that's how much I didn't like any of these characters in this book. I'm giving the WVP to Weapon X, I think that was pretty obvious as well, yeah. from the way I let, uh, go on about this book. Um, just lame, a lame version of Wolverine, especially when we had the last issue of Wolverine with the prelude of him fucking up and fighting uh, Sabretooth. Sabretooth, and that was an awesome issue, but it just to turn to this is just a big step down, I think. Um, our averages for this book as well is a 4.3, which sounded about right. I hated it. Chris wasn't too hot, and you were kind of okay with it for yeah. the most part, so that checks out. If you have a question, comment, query, death threat, dick pic, you can send them to therunpod at gmail.com. ForgeSexMachines at gmail.com. Chris. TheRunPod at gmail.com. We got an email here from Ben simply asking, what that mouth do? Spew dumb stuff about Forge making a sex machine. <laughs> Chris, what that mouth do? Oh, it do a lot of things, baby. Yeah, sucking dick? No. No? 
No, I swear. It's okay if you do, man. I mean, I always said that guys would do it better than women out there because we know what it feels like. You know, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But, homie, homie, don't swing that way. It's cool if you do. Just not my style. All right. Got an email here from Lestorchi. You guys have mentioned your praise for Tom King in previous episodes. Wow, this is an old-ass email we finally got around to. Sorry, the store sheet. That's okay, because I just read issue 75, and holy crap, it's awesome. Um, what Batman was talking about. You guys have mentioned your praise for Tom King in previous episodes, so what do you guys think of his 100-issue run being cut short to issue 85? Personally, I don't like him, but... To go that far with something and not have it end properly, no matter what, is beyond frustrating. Wait. Um, I agree with that, but this is old news. Um, I must have. I'm not on the internet, Tom, so. Yeah, Tom King was supposed to uh, write Batman to, to 100. issue 100. Yeah. He had a whole arc. Um, and then there was like maybe like a five-issue epilogue. But that got cut short. He's doing City of Bane, and he's done at 85. However, that got switched over into a miniseries. Uh, I don't know if it's ongoing or not. Called Bat, uh, Batman and Catwoman. So I'm guessing anything that he had for issue 85 and beyond is going to be going over into that miniseries and reworked. So I'm I guess that. that that's okay, yeah, because some of it, if it, as long as he Phil finishes it, because I'll be honest, this is like literally almost a straight. It's almost a redo of Nightfall in a lot of ways, and it's awesome because of that. And Bane said something. I don't, know, I don't know if you want me to spoil it, what he says in issue 75. It's Chris, pretty, do you want pretty to, awesome. Do you want this spoiler or not? Uh, yeah, let's give a big old spoiler warning for the next minute. Okay, yeah. so they're doing that whole stupid... DC's doing that whole stupid villains... They do this every four will, years. W- yeah. Win something storyline. Yeah, you're and the villain. Something. It, it, whatever, we'll see what happens. Lex Luthor apparently did something, blah, blah, blah. He's above whatever. And the whole issue, he's talking Try to Bane. I don't know. But basically, Bane was is saying it's something pretty interesting that, you know, and the whole issue is that even though he's turned, like, Joker and Riddler are detectives on the police force and, you know, they're whatever, like, Gotham, even though they're kind of terrorizing the citizens a little bit, pretty much, but Bane has control of all the villains, and he's, like, has the city under his control. Yeah. And the whole time, Bane's like, you know, Batman's off, he goes off on these galactic adventures and he always wins and he always does this and he always does this for the planet but I'm doing the one thing he can never do which is bring balance to Gotham City and he's like really proud of it which I I never really thought of that before he said that which was pretty cool and if you're curious to hear more about Bane you can listen to volume one of The Run where we talk about his first appearances and the Nightfall Saga yeah which we should probably cover well one of these days recover this Tom King stuff because it's Pretty good homage and re, almost retelling of that. I, I've i said it before, but I really like Tom King's work. He's a very dis- divisive person. Some people like him. Some people hate him. I've gushed many times about Mr. Miracle. I still think it's fantastic. People say that his depression porn gets a little bit much, but it's, I don't know, it works for me. Um, I like his Batman stuff. I mean, it's not your traditional Batman, per se, but some of it is, and some of it's not, but... I mean, that's why I like it. You, you can, Batman's almost a hundred-year-old character. You have to have. Yeah, they they retell the story. They, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's the same thing. Like how everybody gets pissed off, like you know, with changes to Spider-Man and stuff like that. Like you can't keep retelling the same Spider-Man story over and over and over again. Yeah, that's you got like Dan Slott's run because he made he embraced Peter's smartness. Yeah, exactly. And made him a mega-rich scientist. And of course, it'll fall apart 
like it always does, but it was good. People give him shit for it, and that's something else. A dance slot run would take fucking ages to do. But it's not a bad idea. Brand new day is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, brand new day is good. Everything past brand new day is good. I, I, I'm disappointed. I was disappointed by uh, Doc Ock Spider Man, but after a few months, I embraced it. The Superior Spider Man. Yeah, oh, it was great. I thought it was great from the get go. Spectacular. Amazing. Stupendous. Astonishing. There's no stupendous. Astonishing. <laughs> the stupendous Spider-Man. Well, hey, everybody. <laughs> um, friendly. Friendly Neighborhood. That's a good title, too. Uh, we're getting to it in the weeds. Well, that was Weapon X. You don't need to read it. <laughs> in my opinion. Jonathan said it's good. Chris said it's okay. 4.3. I really don't know what else to say about this. Um, so we're just going to end it here. The runpod at gmail.com. I'd like to thank... Kimberly Lee for the artwork. I'd like to thank myself for the horrible intro. I'd like to thank Marvel for the Age of Apocalypse and this wonderful run that we're reading so far. <laughs> we're not done yet. Not done. I'd like to thank people for emailing in. Apparently not us for being here, Chris. Well, you guys Yeah, I was patiently waiting for my thank you, but that's... That's so nice. I'd like to thank Jonathan for being with me. Oh, you're welcome. I'd like to thank Chris as well for being here. You're welcome. And if you like this show for some reason and you stay till the end, why don't you recommend it to a friend? Give us five stars on whatever podcast app or program you listen to. Tell a friend. We appreciate it. And next episode is going to be Gambit and the Externals. So, man, Jonathan looks happy about that one. (laughs) So, until next time. Until next time. To be continued.